In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Live on Tojinet Direct Ghost Channel and Beyond. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, as usual, my co-host, psychic investigator, transmedium, dowser, and all-around good old guy, Maureen Wood. Hey, how you doing? How you feeling? Um, I've had better days, but I'm working on it. You got the piggy spook? Huh? No, I don't have that one. I just got a good old-fashioned regular flu. So uh, that would mean that we're not doing this together uh, in the same room, right? Correct, Mundo. <laughs> yeah. Because you're but, a chicken. Yeah, you bet your butt. <laughs> Anyways, um, you've read the book uh, Lovely Bones, huh? Yes, I did. So, what'd you think of it? I uh, I love the book. I actually, it's it's a very sad tale. Um, for those who don't know about the book, well, what is it? Uh, Lovely Bones is actually a young girl goes missing in a family, and the it's story is by, told uh, to her by, uh, huh? It's written by Alice uh, Siebel. Mm-hmm. Yep. She goes missing, and she is actually the book is written through her perspective. She had been murdered. Um, and you go through the whole, I don't want to give all the way, but it's a very good book. It's written, it's written through the eyes of the victim. Right. The dead person, in other words. Yeah, the dead person. Yeah. Well, anyways, I, the reason I brought this up, because we got a little bit of paranormal news. Um, I, I don't know if you know that, but they, they recently made a movie out of it. Yes, actually, I saw that uh, there was going to be. I didn't see when it was coming out. Yeah, it's already out in the U.K., Oh, it's in the UK, but I haven't yeah. seen it around here. Well, it'll get here, don't worry. So anyways, in the premiere of this uh, movie, Lovely Bones, um, they asked this guy, Peter Jackson, uh, whether, you know, it was really true or not or anything. And he says, well, you know, I really don't, you know, can't uh, speak for the, the ghost of the story. He says, but I had my own experience. Now, really? Jackson, yeah, now Jackson, he, he, he did the movie uh, The Frighteners, uh, you know, starring Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, One of my favorite movies. Was it really? Yep. Uh, okay. Well, there's anyway. a reason why. All right. So let me explain. I know it's kind of a goofy, you know, kind of funny movie, but part of it really spoke to me, and the reason why is because Michael J. Fox plays someone that actually senses or sees the dead, Right. And yeah, at first, it's kind of like, you know, he thinks he's doing, it's like a, he goes out and it's kind of a fake thing, but he starts getting all these, uh, this nasty spirit that comes in, and it, it's kind of a, a play back and forth of, you know, who's the, who's the one doing it? But this spirit will put his hand through the person's chest and squeeze their heart, and, and that's how they die of like a heart attack. Yeah, they done that. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, you have. Um, but only me feeling-wise, that's why I always liked the movie, because it spoke to me in a way where, yeah, that's what it feels like sometimes. When I have a nasty spirit, it feels like they put their hand in my chest and squeeze my heart. So yeah, it, I actually had that happen to me. It, yeah, uh, you know what I'm talking about, because yeah, it had exactly. it happen over in, uh, the, in Salem, Mass., right? Right, right. right. So anyway, anyways, they asked this guy about the movie, and he says, well, uh, he was... Uh, living in his apartment uh, in Wellington's Courtney Place, which is opposite uh, the St. James Theater, I guess it's London, uh, where his, he met his wife about 20 years ago. 
Anyways, he woke up one morning, and there was a figure in his room. She was very, very scary, he says. She had a screaming face, very accusatory. She was a lady about 50 years old. It was very terrifying, actually a very, very scary image. And at the end, and she sat at the end of the bed and then glided across the room and disappeared in the wall. He says, I, I sat in bed and thought, what have I really seen? And uh, then his wife came in and told her all about it. Uh, so anyways, as it turns out, uh, they were living across the St. James Theater, uh, you know, across the street. And it was being restored about that time. And according to the legend in the uh, St. James Theater, uh, a woman who committed suicide after being booed off the stage, hey, you've been there, done that too. This yeah. is all about me, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, she, uh, she says she manifests herself in the theater as a screaming face and sometimes seen as a ghost that same way. Wow. Uh, and he said uh, she needs a little smile. But anyway, so I mean, that, that's kind of interesting because I, we, we were talking about ghosts. Uh, you know, you go to a place that's not necessarily the ghost that haunts that place. It could be a place nearby or, as I call them, uh, street ghosts that walk in. Right. Right. That's kind of, you know, it's interesting because then he gets that validation later on, too. Mm. Anyways, so I've got a little piece I want to play now if, if Eric can uh, cue that up, and uh, it's going to lead us into our uh, next guest. So we got that, Eric? Through the historic halls of Aspen Manor in Wellsburg, members of the Brook County Paranormal Society say they heard voices, which led them to bones. A couple of the psychics that were part of the group got physically sick when they went downstairs and they couldn't figure out why. Group members claim they heard a voice saying, help me, I'm stuck in the wall. And sure enough, it wasn't what we actually went in looking for. As they dug through the dirt piece by piece, they recovered the bones. They appear to be very old, um, but still intact. Brook County Sheriff Richard Ferguson isn't sure if the bones are human. They've been sent out for analysis, but he noticed some saw markings indicating somebody had cut them into pieces. It's exciting. It, I mean, I mean, it really is. This is a find for our group that's like really major. Aspen Manor has an interesting history. It was built in 1895 by the Vandergrift family for a boys club, so to speak, where they gambled, held cockfights, even horse races. Then it changed hands to the Catholic community, which was pretty interesting to the group since they picked up on some sort of clicking noise. Nuns would use these clickers when the kids would get uh, like really loud, wouldn't settle down, they would start clicking. Gene Valentine owns the mansion now and says he's not surprised by the group's discovery, but it could hold up his plans to turn it into a bed and breakfast. If the bones turn out to be human, he wants investigators to do whatever is necessary to get to the bottom of it and whatever else could be hidden in these walls. So anyways, without, wow. fur without further ado, I mean, that's pretty cool, right? That is very cool. It's we kind have of fun. I'm actually reading a book right now. We have, um, that is similar to that story. Right. We have a gentleman who was actually there at that time, so why don't we bring him on right now? Hello? Hello, Rick? Yes. Hey, how you doing? All right, guys. How are y'all doing? Good. How you doing? Oh, real good. Now, wh why don't you introduce yourself and uh, your group? Okay. Uh, my name is Rick Lawrence. I'm the founder of Per County paranormal society here in Wellsburg, West Virginia. All right. And how long have you guys been? I mean, this, this, this story is all about you, right, that, that we just played, correct? Yes, it is. Right. So, I mean, uh, how long has your group been together? Aren't we just find a little bit of background about you at this time? Uh, we've been a group now for right around two years, two and a half years. Okay. And uh, why did you get... Why did you form as a group? Well, uh, I grew up in New Orleans, and I mean, I've seen some pretty wild, strange things in my life, and we had went through Hurricane Katrina, and I did search and rescue and stuff like that, <clears throat> and uh, we moved up here and everything, and there was so many people up here that had paranormal experiences, and there were some groups that weren't like the best people in the world to bring into your house. And I decided to form one of our own. 
and it just kind of took off from there. Oh, now, uh, how did you uh, find people uh, for your group? I mean, you didn't have trials or anything, I assume. Or, I mean, was it, uh, you know, people that you knew that had the same interests? Or, you know, how, how did that come about? Well, actually, uh, my wife had worked with a couple people that had an interest in paranormal, and our really first investigation as a group was at a place called uh, Brook Hills. They have a they have a spook house there every year, and it's in an old uh, mansion, and there were stories of it being haunted and everything, and that was our first investigation at the Gist Mansion, so we just started there. Now, Rick, how many investigations have you um, gone out with as a team? <laughs> uh, I'd say in the past two years, probably well over 150. Oh, oh my God. God. Some Sometimes we do four or five a night. I mean... I've got the best team in the world. If if it wasn't for them, this group probably wouldn't have lasted very long. Evidently, you got no life either. Yeah, we don't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what brought you to the the uh, the place where you found the bones, and and how did all that all come about? <laughs> okay, uh, we were sitting downtown having lunch on a Thursday, and just for some reason, I said we need to go. I really don't know why I said it. I just said we need to go there. So we went up there and we took the day tour. Uh, my wife and co-founder, Kat, her and I went downstairs and we got to the basement part. And she's like, wow, it feels like somebody is uh, buried down here. Well, the next night we went in to do the investigation and everything. And she was in the basement with a few other people. And she found one bone laying on the floor, and she picked it up, and then she kind of reached into the wall and just started pulling out more and more. Wow. Now, this was your wife that did that? Yes. Now, um, did, you said that she said that she felt that there was someone in the... Now, I'm so you know, I'm like, I'm the psychic medium in the group, so I know that everybody feels things and gets impressions differently, and I was just curious as to, you know, was it what, something that just popped in her mind? Did she feel something? Uh, I... From uh, her and I uh, discussing that thing, it was like she just felt an impression down there. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is massive. It's 76,000 square foot. And when we walked down into the basement, I mean, it's pretty big, too. And where the bones were actually found was a part of the mansion that really isn't used. So, I mean, you, you walk in there, I mean, you can pick up on an impression real easy in that part of the basement. Wow. And there's now, a, online, it, you see pictures of, um, I don't know, for the state police officer or a sheriff or... Yeah, that's the sheriff. And the sheriff. And what was, uh, you know, what were their reactions when they came out? Did they kind of poo-poo it at first? Actually, uh, from what they told us, they were kind of spooked. Really? Rick, Rick <laughs> I'm sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. Okay, uh, can, can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. Or a Verizon it, commercial. It, yeah. <laughs> um, what I had said is, uh, when they went down there, they were, they were kind of creeped out by it all. Really? Now, were you guys there when they called them, or did they come in later? Uh, they came in about two days after we had been there. Very interesting. Now, uh when you find bones like that, I, I assume that has to be reported. I mean, especially if they were human bones. I mean, uh, in most states, I believe that's the law. Uh, were you aware of that? Or, I mean, how, how did that, the bones get reported to the, to the authorities? Say that again? In, in most states, if you find bones, uh, especially if there's a chance that they're human, they have to be reported to the uh, authorities. Uh, is that, you know, also in your state as well? Yes, yes, it was. Yes, uh, we reported it to them, and then and they they went up, and they actually knocked a hole in the wall. And when they uh, knocked a hole in the wall, I kind of put it as it was like a pinata of bones. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> Nasty. I, I actually put up the uh, the video of that, the link for that on the uh, Tojinet chat room. If anybody wants to look at it, it's up there on the, the Tojinet chat room. Um, so, I mean, these bones, they don't know too much about them at this time, correct? Well, uh, they had 
the uh, local coroner had said uh, he wasn't sure, so they sent it to the state coroner, and then from there they sent him, they sent the bones to the Smithsonian, and the reports we got back from the sheriff was that they were the bones of animals, farm animals. Ah, and and if you look at the bones, I mean. They said that the bones come from chickens and farm animals like that. I don't know. If you look at the bones, those aren't chickens. Yeah, I yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I have seen, actually, my house is very old, and I have found some, I should probably not say this on air, um, but I found some bones when we were digging to put in an addition and stuff. Yeah, and that was turkey bones. Seen, my husband's like, yeah, that. that's a turkey bone. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't look like any turkey bone I've ever seen. Well, yeah. Too many turkeys, really. But you never know. Yeah. Now, what I think is really interesting, too, is the clicker, the clicking sound, because that little piece that we listened to prior to you coming online, you know, um, I guess it was a place for the nuns, and the nuns would actually, you know, um, use the clicker to keep the kids quiet. Yeah, how yes. was that recorded? How was that recorded? Uh, it was actually recorded on our uh, audio recorders. I had set the recorder up in a room off by itself, and the uh, news didn't play all of it in the beginning. You can actually hear myself and another investigator talking. And uh, I say, uh, if you're here, could you give us a sign? And then all of a sudden, sudden you hear me say, wow, I feel cold blast air across my legs. And then shortly after that, you hear that clicking sound. And it's not faint either. It's very distinct, you know, it's distinct. You can hear it very clearly. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, since since I heard it on my recorder, I, I knew almost immediately what it was. And I took it to one of the Catholic churches, and I asked them and everything, and they said, yeah, it's not like it's one of the clickers. Now, see, that's interesting. Now, you said you brought it to a, at one of the churches and had someone listen to it? Yes. What did they, what, did, what was their response? At first, they really, they didn't know what to think of it because I had told them, and then when I told them what it was and everything, they said, they was just, uh, in, in amazement. Oh, they uh, didn't, like, they throw could... holy water at you and throw you out the door? <laughs> no, no, no. Because <laughs> I'm thinking but, around uh, my house that might be the way they'd react. <laughs> <laughs> but Aspen Manor has a pretty interesting history. I mean, uh, Mr. Vandergriff built the house for his wife and as, a, like, a hideout for the boys and everything. Well, the story goes that his wife was having a fair with one of the uh, stable hands, and the wife and the one son just mysteriously disappeared one day. And they uh, they never found the bodies of them. And <laughs> it's wow. kind of interesting that we should happen to find bones buried inside of a wall. So they never <laughs> found my they never found my first wife either. <laughs> they, oh, right. I mean, uh, also, uh, the part they did play on the news is that they also recovered uh, a pair of eyeglasses and bracelets and possibly some human DNA from the bones. Really? Yes. Now, that is interesting. I mean, uh, that way at least they could tell, uh, certainly they could tell whether it was male or female. Uh, so, yeah, this is all interesting stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, you don't hear this very often. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of paranormal groups out there uh, and tons of medium psychics or sensitives or whatever, and they come up with all kinds of feelings, but you really don't get this physical evidence, and I, I think this is kind of unique that they were able, that you guys actually were able to uh, come up with uh, that type of evidence. I think that's phenomenal. Thank you, thank you. Especially, especially for a group that's been only around for about two years. Yeah. I mean, there, there are groups out there for, you know, decades and, and haven't had anything as close to this. So I, I think you guys are extremely lucky, and uh, it, to me, it's a, it's a really a, a good indication of your uh, uh, your work, basically. And and you see, the thing is, so many people say, have stated that we stay talks and everything be on TV. I mean, half the people in my group, we don't want to be on be on TV or anything. I mean, it's Kathy and I and my lead investigator going through all this, putting ourselves out there. We don't force anyone else in the group. 
to speak to the uh, media or anything. But, you know, Rick, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there are those who are, they, they just make assumptions or they just want to think that it's not real because yeah. if it isn't, then they can fit it into their own little box, you know? Oh, yeah. And they oh, don't yeah. want to actually believe that potentially you guys could have picked up on something or heard someone or something that actually turned into some validation that they could see. And I think that alone would scare anybody. Yeah. Rick, we, we, Rick, we actually have a, a question from the uh, chat room, and somebody asked, uh, there were no teeth that were found, right? Yes. Yes, meaning yes. No, no teeth, or yes, meaning no teeth were found? Uh, uh, according to the sheriff, uh, there were some teeth found inside the wall, along with possibly some fingers. Now, we know that chickens don't have teeth, so uh, that would be a yeah. good indication. And <laughs> Why, maybe they're just saying they that because they don't want to scare people away. What's that? I said maybe they're just trying to keep it private to some extent. Uh, I believe that the sh sheriff is the owner of Aspen Manor. I mean, he's he's really excited about it and everything. I mean, we've been talking to him almost every day now since this has come out. Okay. Now, do you find it that um, with this, 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 was a, this was an NBC uh, piece that they did, uh, the local station down your way. Which, what, what state is that, by the way, Rick? West Virginia. West Virginia. Okay, now, do you find with that extra notoriety that, that it, it's hampering your investigations, or, or do you think it's a help? Uh, actually, I really, I mean, I don't feel that it's either, because, I mean, the group just the group is just going on as as like we always did. I mean, yeah, we have more uh, requests for investigations, and we're dealing with them on a case-by-case case, uh, basis. I mean, it's, I mean, it really hasn't changed that much as far as our investigations go. So uh, what, what projects do you have coming up? Uh, actually, we had, uh, we had signed a contract with uh, Mark Fetlow of Ideal Event Management, and uh, we're we're in the process of trying to hold an event up at Aspen Manor to help them out and everything. That's a great uh, idea. Excuse me. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try to do all that we can for them. Uh, we're supposed to go to Virginia here in a couple of weeks. We're, uh, we're going to try to do a couple investigations while we're there. Excellent. And also in March, uh, we're supposed to be putting together a, like a. Liberty investigation at Moundsville Prison there in West here in West Virginia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody has a question for Rick, they can call in at eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine eight seven seven eight six four four eight six nine or you can join us in the TojiNet chat room and uh, leave a question there. Um, Rick, so let me ask you, as far as in your team, now you said that you have a great group of people and I noticed that when reading um, online and reading that news piece it did mention that in some of the psychics that have gone downstairs really kind of get, you know, nauseous or sick to the stomach or, you know, it really... Now, so two questions, I guess. Is one is, you know, how many psychics or do you have in your group or do you have psychics that are there full-time and, you know, what were their reactions when they went down in the basement exactly? Well, I, well, I wouldn't actually uh, classify them as psychic. I mean, my wife developed a pretty bad headache when she went down in the basement that first day. I mean, the the uh, psychics that they're referring to uh, were actually friends of Mr. Valentine, the owner of Aspen Manor, uh, who had okay. been in there a while back. Oh, all right. So maybe that's what I didn't, I misread that a little bit. Yeah, so he had said that there was people that had come in that were sick from going in the basement? Yeah. Okay. And I, we, uh, also have, we also have another question from the uh, TojiNet chat room, and uh, it's from Lorraine, and she says, what equipment do you guys use in an investigation? Uh, we use everything from uh, wireless cameras, uh, DVR. We use uh, digital audio recorders. Uh, we actually have used a hydrometer before, which checks the salinity level in water because we went on investigations before where there's been reports that they have an outside well that no matter how cold it is outside, it, it does never freeze. So we checked the salt level and everything. 
I use a little bit of everything that we can. Now, now, what's your background, Rick? My background, right? As far as I mean, paranormal. Yeah, parent. I mean, yeah, paranormal, and yeah. Do you have a scientific background at all? I mean, uh, everybody has a background. What were they? What's their their job? I mean, but uh, no, actually, um, I'm retired. So, uh, paranormal investigating is my job. I mean, I I don't have I don't have PhDs or anything like that. I mean, I'm not a scientist or a brain or anything like that. Yeah, that's okay. I'm just. I'm just someone that enjoys doing this for free. Okay. And uh, anything you want to add? Do you have a website that uh, people can go check out? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Okay. Marvin, can you put that up on the uh, board for me? Could you say that again, please? Yeah. com. Brook County? Yes. Is that with a K-E or is it just K? Uh, it's K-E. Thank you. Uh, and uh, so I guess the, the one thing I, I really want to find out is that you, you said you are going back there again. Um, you've been there several times, correct? Uh, we've been there twice now. Okay, twice. You yes, find... Uh, that, go ahead. The uh, time we found the bones was our actual uh, very first investigation up there. We, we had been trying for over a year to get in there. Oh, wow. So do you find <laughs> you find that, you know, I mean, that, that you've been there twice already. Do you find uh, that the spirits react differently the second time you go into a place versus the first time? Well, uh, the first time it was like it was real calm and everything. The second time, the night of the investigation, uh, my tech and I were upstairs, and we were doing some EVP recordings in the nuns' quarters. And uh, my tech probably weighs about 150 pounds, and I weigh like 300 pounds. And he was behind me, and I was asking questions and everything, and I actually got shoved and slammed up uh, against the wall. Hmm. So, yeah, there was a big difference. Okay, so they, they, I think they probably recognized you from the last time. So I, on that note, we always have that one question that we always ask, which which is perhaps the most scariest uh, uh, event that you've ever had while investigating uh, in your career. Uh, actually, the most scariest was last summer at a house here on here in West Virginia. Uh, we had been asked to go in; it's set empty for a while, and I actually uh, was choked. You, you could actually see the hand, handprints on my neck and everything, and I had a smudge of black coal down the side of my face. Now, where was, was this? Where was this? Uh, it's a house here in Wellsburg. Uh, the people that originally owned the house had come back from the uh, Civil War. And during a Fourth of July celebration, I guess he had flashbacks or something and started fighting with his wife. And uh, he had shoved her downstairs, killed her, and then he went and he killed uh, both of his children, and then he ended up killing himself in the house. Oh, nice. Oh, that's, nice. that's an awful... <laughs> that's a happy home, huh? What's that? That's a happy home. Oh, oh yeah. Try. I mean, I mean, when we opened the door, as soon as we opened the door... Everybody heard an audible moan come from the house itself. So, but what, what, I looked around. Everybody I was like, "You still want to go in?" And I mean, <laughs> they were in the door before I could get in the door. <laughs> okay, so when you went to this place, you knew the story before you went to the. Is that how? I mean, how do you determine your cases? I mean, uh, do you pick a place because there's a certain reputation about it? Or uh, are you asked to go to a particular place? Or I mean, how do you determine your cases? Uh, I mean, we we don't uh, mainly go looking for uh, haunted places. I mean, we uh, we have some people call us and everything. And I mean, we'll sit down, we'll go in and interview them and everything. And then if we feel that they're sincere about it, then yeah, we do go investigate. Uh, uh, that house last summer. That was just, I mean, it was a spur of the moment. 
Now, the, the question I, I also have to ask you as far as how do you research a property? I mean, you, I mean, you go in and you, for instance, this place uh, where you got choked, uh, you determine that, I mean, how do you determine who choked you or, or how do you determine what goes haunt the place? Right. Well, uh, like that house there, we had spoke with some of the uh, remaining family members, and we had went down to the uh, library and everything, and the stories between the library and the family members actually uh, checked out. And then we had just went one night, we got the keys for the house, and they told us to lock up when we left. And ever since that night, we haven't been allowed back in the house. They're afraid of people wanting to go in there all the time now. Really? Yes. Really? So it's like it's like the over the past year we've gotten uh, we've gotten access to some pretty exclusive places. Okay. Now that that's kind of like my pet peeve is exclusive places. I I don't believe in exclusive places. I think that um, all places should be available to all paranormal investigators. Because, I mean, the idea is it's not even important to be the first one uh, who investigates the place uh, versus the fifth one or the hundredth one. The important thing is the evidence you collect in it. So, uh, you know, I I, I really, you know, I mean, we've been accused of that as well as as having exclusive places. But I I don't believe in that. I believe that uh, places should be be investigated by many different groups, all with different angles and stuff. I think it's, it's uh, much more valid on the evidence collected. Yeah, now, Rick, and, though, I, I might have missed it. The place that you had just were talking about, was that a private home or was that a public place? Private home. Yeah, so, I mean, in that end, Ron, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily agree. And, and you see, the thing is, we do try to work with the groups around here. We try to introduce them to our contacts. And everything, but there's there's some groups around here that I mean they'll go into a place and they'll be disrespectful and they'll want to throw out antiques or or whatever. And we generally try to stay away from those kind of groups because oh, I, mean, I, I, that, that not only I, gives go ahead that gives everybody a bad name. I agree 100 percent with you yes. on that one. Yeah. But even still, think about this. If you had your house that you suspected, you really want a group to come in to see if it's haunted or not. And now a group comes in and says, yeah, you know, I was shoved or all this stuff happened. And now not only are you a little nervous because what you hear is actually validated, there is something going on, but now you're thinking, oh, great, you know, maybe you trust that group and you don't want to have all these other people coming through your house. That makes sense. You know, I mean, so you really can't. If it was public yeah, place, I'd say, I, I, yeah, I, will, I, will, I will look at both sides of that, and I will, I will stand. And, and you see, when we do do a private house investigation, we tell the clients up front, look, we're not the only group out here. I mean, it's all right if, if you want to get a, a second opinion. It's not going to offend us or upset us in any way. I mean, because me personally, even though I do it, if it were my house, I'd still want another group to come in, just to more or less verify what the first group had found. Right. But, yeah, I, I agree. The private houses might be a different story. So I will stand corrected on that. Anyways, we have a to take a break right now, and we want to thank you, uh, Rick, so much for coming on the show. Anything you want to add before we break? Uh, just for people to come check out our website and look at the bones and let them decide whether or not they're chicken bones. All right. Okay. Thanks. Thank you very Thanks much. You have a good night now. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Yeah. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
ready to get busy with Getting It Done. Getting It Done with Jill Staraszewski. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Togginet.com. We'll be bringing you moms and dads who are getting it done. Parents who have a lot on their plate but still manage to go that extra mile to accomplish things that they have long dreamed of. Well, how do they do that? Well, that's what this is for. The goal is to educate, motivate, encourage, and support the multitasker in all of us. Whether it's that book that you've been meaning to write, that business that you've been hoping to start, that dish that you've been striving to master, getting it done is here to help make it happen. Motivating you to get started. Encouraging you to keep going. Providing tips and advice on how to keep the kids happy, healthy, and safe while getting it done and done well. Learn from fellow moms and dads who are getting it done and learn about yourself along the way. It's Jill Staraszewski and Safety Mom Media bringing out the stars in all of us. It's Getting It Done with Jill Staraszewski, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. We're back. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to say that. <laughs> we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on Tojinet, correct? Ghost Channel and Beyond. The number here is 877-864-4869. 877-864-4869. And that was Rick from the Brook County Paranormal... What? What? Yeah. Investigative yeah. Society. Thank you very, very, <laughs> very much. So, anyways, I, I actually going. have. Who was that? Sorry. What? I can't hear you. You can't hear me. I'm having a hard time to hear you. All right. Well, that's a good way. Anyways, um, I don't know if anybody was on Facebook today, but there was an interesting uh, thing from uh, Karen O'Keefe from uh, uh, Most Haunted. And basically, it was a link to uh, the Ghost Divas, uh radio show, and they had Donna LaCroix on from TAPS, and uh, did not speak very highly of the, the boys from TAPS, and I, I don't know if it's a disgruntled employee or, or what the story is, but uh, it was it was uh, not a good good listen to, uh, i tell you that much. Was pretty oh, rough. I heard a little bit about that. Uh, you did? A friend of mine, yeah, was listening to that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it, the community is small enough, uh, no matter what you think of a particular group, I don't know if it's, you know, a good idea to... Uh, irritate people? Well, not irritate, I guess, whatever. Just to try to be nice. <laughs> exactly, I mean, I, I, Whatever. Things happen. You just try to keep it all politically correct. Absolutely. I think that's the key to it. Uh, but, you know, we're all in this together. Anyways. Uh, so let's leave a little of that. Anyways, hey, I, hey. Was, uh, I was watching the news today. Okay? Wow. Really? I know. That, that shows you how enlightened I am. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, you so know. Let us know what's happening. Okay. But actually... Um, you know how that you and I are, uh, I guess we're big on science, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. In I would fact, agree on that. In fact, one of our most popular podcasts on uh, iTunes is the one we did on science. Audio might be kind of crappy, but the, the podcast itself is good. So anyway, um, this woman in a coffee shop in uh, Boston, I think it was, right? He has a cutting board. Yeah. And in the cutting board was the face of Mother Teresa. Oh, okay. There was an eye in the other day with the face of Jesus. And in the Eagle Tribune paper, yeah, you brought that up. In fact, I just put that up on the Pararex, I mean, the uh, Told you Net chat room. Uh, there was the Eagle Tribune article about an eye with the face of Jesus on. Okay. Right? Did you look at that eye I did. What did you think? Only Jesus. I think it's a stretch, but my, you know, well, I believe it, in signs, but I have to you, say you, what, let, maybe put, the angle they had no, it on the wait TV, minute, wait it looked it, like a stain. Let's put it this way. Did you see the actual iron? Yeah. You held the iron in your hand and saw it. No, 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 no. They showed a close-up of it and a distance picture of it on the news. You saw right? a picture. Okay. Right. Totally different. Totally different. Would they fill in the pieces? No. It's just that... You really, uh, you know, until you see it uh, yourself, I believe that you really can't judge. I mean, yeah, you saw a picture. 
No, you well, I'm say, telling well, you from what I saw, and it may be a bad angle. Uh-huh. Or it's a bad a stretch. Distance. That's what right? I said. I'm not saying that for me to believe that is what I'm saying. It looks like somebody ran over a shirt that had rubber on it or something and then made a stain. Uh, I don't know too many people other than Leslie who irons rubber shirts. Well, not necessarily rubber, but you got kids that have names or, you know, letters or whatever. And regardless, it just was, it just didn't look like the face of Jesus on an iron. Not that I wouldn't want to believe in that, mind you. Mm-hmm. It just was, didn't really look like it. Right. That's kind of like seeing the Madonna in a piece of sliced cheese or cheese sandwich. Well, uh, you know what? This is, I knew you were going to come up with this approach. And I don't see how you can take that stance. Now, here's a person that's telling me that <laughs> things are supposed to be signs, and yet when people get these signs, you're telling them they're full of crap. I'm not saying they're full of crap, but what I am saying is that maybe it's a sign for her, but doesn't mean it's a sign for me. Uh-huh. It's all perception. You know, right. at the time when I'm seeing the numbers or things are coming into play, it's maybe a question I have in my mind and it's showing up. So I might tell somebody else what I'm seeing, and they could look at me and go, listen, that is a number 444. Why would you even think it was anything else? You drive by that every single day. Mm-hmm. But it was the way it comes about. So for that woman, maybe it meant something. I'm not saying it's going to mean anything, everything to everybody. That's what signs are for. They don't mean exactly. everything to everybody. So, you know, I would have bet money that you were going to come up on that stand. It's like, well, you know, but you know what? Why, I mean... Of course, you're going to say, why would uh, Mother Teresa waste her time going to a cutting board in Chelsea or wherever it was? Or, or a, uh, or because Christ, Jesus put his face on an iron. Hey. Christ put his iron in, in a place of a thorn. But, right. I mean, and so, hey, someone else did it. They want to do it, too. And, and the reality is that we know that there is nothing impossible for the spirit world. They can actually put their face on every island in the world if they really wanted to. If they really wanted to. There's actually right. a movie out about that, you know. And what is that? Irons and Methuen? No, but I, if I could remember the name of the movie, but actually the premise of the movie was um, that this guy bought this house and he thought he was dying, and it turns out later that, you know, he, he thinks he's dying. He buys a house to be next to his old house, and there's an uh, image that this woman next door who's very religious comes over and sees the face of Jesus on the wall. And he can't right. see it. And everybody comes, and people are getting healed, and the wall starts bleeding, and they test it. Well, while it's being tested, people are coming to his house, and he's getting furious because he's just hating the world right now, you know? So what happens is he finally loses it, freaks out, breaks the house, so breaks the walls down and with a sledgehammer as they're telling him that it was actually blood from the house, human blood. So, but the guy ends up being healed. So the whole point of the movie was that... It was around for the length of time it needed to be. It wasn't something that was going to be held there forever. Right. We know that so many times that we see, uh, for instance, the Madonna in a, in a window or in the subway wall or, or someplace else, uh, maybe those, those signs are there for a particular person. To see. Right. Not everybody, but sure. a particular person. I mean, I, I know that growing up, I was lucky enough to be... Um, actually welcomed into a house with a, that were actually seeing the walls bleed in a woman's home. The she walls was, were bleeding in a Yeah, woman. which I, you know, at first I'm thinking, ah, this isn't happening, but is at first they're trying to say it was kind of rust coming down from pipes, but it was coming midway down the walls, and it was seeping out of the walls, and it was like a fine trickle of red or rust color, like blood, and it was like as if you'd have taken a drink and just poured it, like, thin strips all across the wall, and her whole walls had been covered with saints' pictures and the Madonna and Jesus, and the woman actually had been diagnosed with cancer, and she was praying all the time. Um, and then her wall started to bleed. When she got checked later, she had no cancer. Interesting. Yes, that actually happened in Andover. I want to say it was in probably the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, you notice that lately now, doesn't there seem to be a lot more signs in the news? Or is it, is it that we're much more of a teller uh, communication world or have the, the same number of signs been out there and we just notice them? Uh, what, what's your theory on that? Um, I think it's a combination. I think that 
we're now within a digital age where we can, you know, click a button and get a piece of information sent across to us in, in seconds to get answers. So, you know, one, we're getting the information quickly at our fingertips. Another one is we're more aware, uh, I think, collectively as a society that we start noticing maybe these signs or maybe we're looking and hoping that there's more spirituality out there and we're not just going to have the end of the world. That, that's That's... I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe 2012, yeah, it could be. <laughs> Tell everybody to get their uh, act together. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway. You never know. Yeah. All right, so that's what I had. I, I actually put the uh, the article, uh, the link to the article on both the Firex and the uh, Tojanet chat room if you want to add the conversation. The number is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or join us live in the Tojanet chat room or the Firex chat room. Um, another thing I would like to bring up is uh, I received an email about our book. Yeah, well, I actually received a lot of emails about the book. But there the, the seems to be some questions about it. Uh, I, I know one of them particularly asked me, you know, is it, is it like a uh, ghost hunting guide? And uh, we're talking about Ghost Chronicles, our book, by the way, which right. came out in September. So uh, how would you answer that? Is it a ghost hunting guide? How would I answer that? Yeah, that was a question. Oh, sorry. I'm, I was just listening to you. Um, no, actually, I, don't, I mean, it has incorporated into it maybe a ghost hunting guide, but not really. I mean, it's through the story and it's weaved in. So if someone's right. trying to get better understanding as to maybe how to protect themselves or what, what all the information is that we're referring to as far as the equipment, then, yeah, that could give you a little bit of an idea. Right. It, it's not a how-to book. Right, it's, not it's exactly, ba- no. No, it's basically, I mean, the reason we wrote the book is we were asked so many times throughout our, our careers that, uh, oh, I would love to go with you guys, I would love to go with you guys, I'd like to find one out. I mean, of course, you can't take a million people out on the go, son. You just can't well, plus people are in certain situations or they live far away, and we get, yeah, you know, and, people that listen right. from far off. Right, so we wrote the book to... You just share our experiences, and, and that's exactly what the book is. It's sharing our experiences with you. It's not, uh, there's no preaching involved in it. it. We're not telling you how to do things. We're telling you how we do it, and that's it. Correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So what yeah. was your other emails? They were all in the book. The two books. Oh. One was the how-to guide, and the other one was what was the uh, the the, uh, the book about. So, anyways, um, those are that is what a book also answered that. Anyways, um, the other thing I want to talk about. We just got back from an investigation about a, a week and a half ago. Now, this was a, a decent-sized investigation, a hundred and ten-room place. Right. And uh, as a psychic, find that. Uh, more difficult, or uh, of course, we didn't wrap up till three in the morning. Which, well, we, we actually, I didn't wrap up till five in the morning. But um, did you find that more challenging uh, than like a, a regular house, or not? Uh, no, I don't think I had it as bad as you know the tech guys who had to set up all the wiring and the cameras and. You know, I think they were so excited because they were able to use every little piece of techni, you know, technology that we had. Um, and there was nothing left in all the boxes. But as far as, you know, the only thing I will say is that it was it was active. It was very active. And I even had some things I wasn't expecting myself. Um, you know, just going to reach for a glass of water and pretty much being jerked backwards, uh, nearly losing my balance. And, you know, for me personally, having had surgery last year, that's not something I want to do. No, I mean, I wasn't even prepared for that. That was like, took me totally off guard. Huh? Uh, I said I wasn't even prepared for that. That took me totally off guard. I had no clue that. Well, it took me off guard too because yeah. I was like, "What the hell?" First, I'm like choking and coughing as if my, you know, I, yeah, I just but you can't get air. And, <laughs> and then someone went to hand me water, and I don't quite understand what it was that really irritated them. Whether they wanted to talk to me longer, whether they just didn't want me to take to interfere, I don't know. Um, as far as someone breaking the connection, because literally, I just felt my whole body just kind of. Pull backwards. And, and the interesting part, I mean, there, this, as I mentioned, it was a, a huge building, 
uh, and there was no one else in the building as well, so uh, it made it good for us investigating. Uh, we didn't have to worry about other people being anywhere. But uh, we did run into a definitely a angry spirit uh, in one of the rooms, which right. uh, it was quite angry. And uh, the thing that I don't think you knew is that the, the guys uh, actually caught some EVPs from the same spirit up on another floor. Same spirit? Yeah. And basically, you know, they were going through the, the questions and they asking, you know, do you want us here? And they said, no. Uh, what do you think of Ron? Asshole. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, what do you think of Maureen? Bitch. Oh, yeah, they didn't like me at all. Yeah, so, I mean, that is, is interesting because uh, we have almost almost verification. Uh, this is what you were feeling and what was coming through with this, this very angry and, and bitter spirit. Uh, well, very... you know why, though? I think that he didn't like us, per se, is because he was just not a nice person when he was alive. It wasn't like he was demonic. He was just a jerk. Oh, no, he wasn't demonic. I was You know, he was just someone that he abused women. I could see, you know, I could see this guy, like, backhanding a woman across the face and screaming at her and yelling and, like, you know, physically assaulting her and then running down the hallway, slamming all the doors, looking for her, um, accusing her of all kinds of dirty, you know, insinuative deeds that he, she's done with somebody. And he's and I don't think he liked the fact that we could kind of see into what he probably didn't want to show anybody. Exactly, and and, and that ha- happens a lot of uh, investigations where we can really get into. Uh, I hate to say this, the soul soul of the spirit, but we do. I mean, we we find out their true nature, right. uh, and and some spirits absolutely do not like us because we can do that. Exactly, and I, you know, and and it's. Too bad. I mean, he shouldn't have been the, the piece of crap he was anyway. <laughs> and he hasn't oh. changed, evidently. <laughs> uh, right, exactly. So, um, oh, well, too bad for him. Yeah, I, I, it, it's interesting, though, because a lot of times, uh, you know, this particular place, which I, I don't want to give the name out, uh, they, you know, they really didn't think too much about the spirits. They thought they were all, like, happy-go-lucky, but just goes to show you that you can have a bad penny anywhere, uh course it, it they kind of freaked them a little bit but whatever yeah you know there's a question here someone now dave is asking have you guys ever been able to determine if a spirit can influence people in two places at the same time at a location say the basement and a bedroom that's a good question personally i think they could because if you think about it i mean although they may hang around certain locations i think certain spirits are omnipresent where they might be kind of hearing everything that's going on at the same time. They don't have the physical constraints that we have. You know, they can uh, move the speed of light or move around, so who knows what they're doing. Uh, I think that question would be uh, at the same time as it would, would be defined what is the same time. Is it a nanosecond? Is it a second? Is it, yeah, you know, but, moment? I mean, how do you know? Uh, how, how do we really know? I mean, that's... How do you know? All I know is that, I mean, if you're saying the guys were picking up on another floor and we were picking up one, you know, on the second floor, it might have been at a different time. But personally, like I said, we don't share, you know, they don't have the physical constraints that we have. So why not? Right. Uh, But, I mean, we know through experience that they they do attempt to flee from you uh, and they can flee from you, which they move from different locations, correct? Right, right. Well, I'm not saying they can't, but if they choose to. I will think about this. What about even in stretching it to the point where you talk about the Bell Witch Haunting? Right. Right? Um, he, that the, during the Bell Witch Haunting, if I get it correctly, the spirit was actually getting information from, you know, listening to voices from Europe or something and relaying what he was hearing. No. Or was he getting it from there and coming back? He came back. He left and came back, or it left and came back, or she left and came back, depending on what the hell it was, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they, they actually left. According, according to the information we have, uh, the spirit, uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about, there was an English gentleman who, the bell witch uh, either liked you or disliked you, and if it took a liking to you, it would uh, treat you very well and carry on conversations with you and so forth. This was an audio conversation. And uh, an English 
uh, journalist was there, and uh, the spirit liked him, and they carried on a conversation. And the spirit said, would you like to know what your family's doing? And he said, well, you can't because they're in England. And uh, the, uh, the spirit said, what is uh, impossible for the body is nothing so. And it disappeared for a little while, and then it came back. And then it told uh, the journalists in the voices of his own family what they were doing at the time. Hmm. So that's the story behind that. But, yeah, we, we do not know. I mean, we, we know that or, or it seems that, that some spirits are landlocked or are locked to a certain piece of property, Correct. yet others uh, seem much more mobile where they can go to different locations. Uh, there's so much we really, really don't know uh, in the, uh, the paranormal world. I mean, we can say this and this, but I, I don't think there are any... Uh, gold standards, I really don't, until we die. And then it's we all the unknown. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, every, I mean, you being a psychic uh, have probably a, a greater look into the, the paranormal world. Uh, what's, what, it, uh, I guess, how can I say this? You have better feel for what it is than uh, people who don't have a psychic ability or, or, or a mediumship ability. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, although we try to express it, there's occasionally of what we're picking up, what we're feeling when you're doing sensitive work, I don't think that you can really grasp it. Just like, you know, you try and explain to somebody how certain foods taste, Mm -hmm. it's all individual. Right. You know, so it's very difficult for someone to exactly explain it so that so good that you understand it and feel it and know it without having tried it. Right. Just can't happen very easily. So, having said that, everybody needs to strengthen their psychic abilities and just get out there and try to communicate. Uh, Carefully. Really? Carefully. What? I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> Safely. Carefully. Uh, anyways, uh, one thing I do want to talk about mediums is is that uh, uh, we have another book coming out in October uh, next year. And I was working on some of the research on it, and, and Harry Houdini, uh, I don't know if you know too much about him. Um, a little, not a lot. I, I found it very interesting is that uh, he is probably one of the greatest magicians of all time. But uh, he was very close to his mother, and when his mother died, uh, he got very much involved in the spiritualist movement. And... When he got involved in it, he realized that a good number of the mediums involved in it were using simple magic trips to get their mediumship across. And so he spent the rest of his life going around, uh, uh, dis, uh, which, what's the word, uh, exposing uh, these false mediums. Hmm which I found very, very interesting. It was interesting. I mean, didn't he say that something about if there was a possibility of coming back from the dead that he would do it? Right. That's exactly what he said. And, and they held a seance. He died on Halloween for uh, 10 years. And then, uh, in fact, there was one medium who actually got his code words uh, correct, but uh, they were also published in a book uh, a couple of years before, too. So There was no way to really threat. validate so, it. Right. There was no very... But we had a, a good friend, uh, Marla Brooks, on the show, and uh, she mentioned the last sanctioned uh, seance, which is, I believe, in 1936, was on top of uh, one of the hotels in Hollywood, and this was the last attempt uh, sanctioned one to uh, reach uh, Harry Houdini with his wife, Best, and, and some of the other people that were in the Magic Club. And um, they were on top of the hotel, and a freak storm came up, and it was only there on top of the hotel. So did he appear? Was that his sign? Never know. Don't know. But uh, it, that's, that's another thing about you talking, I mean, links back to what we saw his sign. Was that a sign for him or not from him? We'll never know, will we? Well, someday. <laughs> Well, Not in a rush for that, though. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> whatever. Anyway. Yeah, the, even there's, there's so much shrouded in, in uh, about his death. Even that they said that he died because of a 
uh, somebody punched him in the belly, but now there's this talk on that that it really wasn't. Uh, it he already had appendicitis at the time, so it really didn't matter. But anyways, I, I thought it was an interesting story that it was a, a person that got involved with the spiritualist church and then realized about the fakery. I mean, uh, remember when I always started the show that I thought all. Psychics with charlatans. Yeah, I know. exactly. I mean, that, that's the thing. And so, I mean, that's the rap you, that mediums have had through the year. Oh, look at this. Time to get off the air. Well done. Excuse me? <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I guess Nothing. it's time I'm to kidding. wrap it up. Really, I'm kidding. All right. So, anyway. No, seriously, uh, it's just about 8 o'clock. Thanks for turning in. Uh, and uh, next week, we have... So, oh, Tune in for the first of the year when we have the saga of the goose sandwich coming up. <laughs> so good night and God bless everyone. Yep. See you next week. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties.